0: Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message.
1: Thank you, Pastor. You're going to help me up here? Oh, sure. I'm not. <laughs> Good morning. 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 Now I'm going to warn you, I've had uh, dental surgery recently, so I'm not real sure what's going to come out of my mouth. (laughs) All right? So I'm still numb here and down here. So uh, if you don't understand what I'm saying, just take it as a message in tongues, all right? It gets better once I'm rolling along here, I think. So glad to be here. Uh, we appreciate the Mills family so much. And uh, I'm glad you didn't mention a year when we first met you guys because it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. At least the dinosaurs were gone by then. So, so we're going to have a good time this morning by faith in Jesus' name, alright? So, got to move my notes around. I didn't send all my notes to you, by the way, but you do have enough to uh, how come I didn't check this out? Alright, here we go. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 18, I got my wrong glasses, of course says, Praying always with all manner and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Everyone say pray. pray. Just say pray. pray. or Say prayer. Pray. There's, uh, there's different kinds of prayer. You know that, is that right? And I'm going to teach you a basic lesson today, all right, that... And my thinking is so deep, we miss it sometimes. And I'm going to teach you on the prayer of faith. How many have ever heard of that before, the prayer of faith? So you know what it is, right? Because we're going to have a test. (laughs) I taught taught at Raymond for 12 years. Uh, There will be tests. And trials. And tribulation. (laughs) Amen. But anyway... There are things that we absolutely have to know as a believer. So, let me read another portion of Scripture. It says, in James chapter 5, starting with verse 14. Are these up here? Yeah. It says, Is any sick among you? Well, that could have been written today, couldn't it? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church... And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the what? And the what? Alright, I'm used to a classroom. And the what? Prayer of faith. There we go. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16 and this is the Amplified, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Or the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available or dynamic in his working. Every kind of prayer that there is Whether it's the intercession, um, the prayer of faith, the prayer of dedication, there's several kinds. It requires faith, doesn't it? Do you believe that God hears you when you pray? How How many do? Okay. Not everyone usually raises their hand. Because in counseling, and people coming to me over years of pastoring... They just say, well, you know, I've done so many things wrong. I've uh, messed up so much. I don't even think God hears me. And I've had pastors say that to me. And so this is what I ask them. Are you ready? I say, if you were to cuss right now, if you were to cuss right now, now don't think up anything, okay? Get that out of your mind. It qualifies, by the way. Okay? But if you were to cuss right now, or I could say something else, if you were to gossip right now, do you think God would hear that? Isn't that interesting? That we have more faith in God hearing our cussing than hearing our praying. The Bible says, New Testament... His ears are over the righteous. Is that not right? Yeah. And so a lot of areas, every area of prayer that I know, it requires a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen? There are certain rules. We should pray in the name of Jesus. Is that Right? Yeah, I've gone places uh, to speak. Uh, these weren't churches, but they asked me to, would you pray over this? Would you do this? But don't, don't use the name. Don't, don't, don't make a big deal out of the name of Jesus. Okay? But we have certain rules, because I found out years and years ago, when I got born again and filled with the Spirit, It wasn't entirely just for myself. Amen? Amen. We used to sing a song. There's a river of life that flows out from me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and makes a captive tree. I've got a river of life flowing out through me. Jesus said, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Amen? Then why are we praying today for God to pour something out of heaven? When we are the temples of the Holy Ghost, and He lives in us every moment of the day. Out of their bellies shall flow rivers. We're waiting on fire. We're waiting on this. We're waiting on that. God's waiting on this. So when I see the prayer of faith, it says the prayer of faith shall what? Save. Is that right? It'll heal. It'll make whole of the sick. That's not just for me. It's for everyone around us. Do so I the right church here this morning? We had a river of life. But it does require that we have faith to do things the way God has intended them. And before you want to accuse me or any other minister of being legalistic about these things, let me tell you who the legalistic one is. It's Satan... Who's the real legalist? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's called the accuser of the brethren. Amen. So, uh, I believe that Ephesians, Paul wrote that, is right? Do I have that right, Paul? And James wrote the second part, is that right? Second scripture? But who really wrote these? Where, where did these words really come from? The Spirit of God, is that right? Mm-hmm. So when we go to dispute Scripture, we have to understand, take into consideration who is doing the speaking. Amen? Yeah. I know people that say they the only parts of the Bible that they believe are the parts that are red letter where Jesus spoke. And my response is, too bad. <laughs> it's just, that's just too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to some red letters, all right? You want to do that? Mark 11. We'll start with verse 22, I think. Is it up there for me? Is it up there yet? Don't make me turn to my own Bible. <laughs> it says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. How many have ever heard that verse in this church? <laughs> Unless you knew. I mean knew today. Have faith in God, which means have the God kind of faith. Do you think Jesus knew anything about faith? Do you think he ever woke up on a Monday morning and said in his prayer time with his father, said, Father, I I just was confused the other day, and I got mixed up, and I spoke those things that are eventually going to have red letters to them." Do you think that Jesus had a bad day? Do you think the Holy Ghost doesn't always know what he's talking about? We're talking about the prayer of faith. Save the sick. Amen. See, I want to tell stories is what I want to do. I want to tell all kinds of stories. I want to tell all kinds of stories. And glorify Him. I've seen such remarkable miracles and healings that I was absolutely... I have the interpreted dance to that, if <laughs> It's all right. sometimes we have trouble. How many have a phone that you can't shut up sometimes? <laughs> I have one of those smartphones that way smarter than me. All right? Years ago, I was in Phoenix, and uh, they had all these signs turn the phones off, that type of thing. As I'm getting up to speak, a phone goes off like that, and then another one, and another one. And for the first 15 minutes, there had to have been 15 phones to go off. And the pastor's sitting down there going, and he's going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, okay, everyone take your phone out, turn the sound up, and unmute them. Everyone, go ahead. Okay, And so everyone got their phone out and did it. And not one phone rang after that.
0: <laughs>
1: Things like phones don't bother me. You're crying babies. It's the crying adults. <laughs> but it says have the God kind of faith. Is that right? Everyone say that. God kind of faith. Okay, I know you've heard this talk. But I heard Brother Hagen for a whole semester, because we had him every day when I went, for a whole semester teach on what I'm teaching you right now. And during that semester, they had a guest speaker come in. They had him come in every month who came in and taught this very thing that I'm teaching. And that's when I saw it. It just didn't click with me when Brother Hagin taught it. Thought I knew it. I had the knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. I could quote you these scriptures. I had the knowledge, but I didn't have the revelation to it yet. You ever have this? And you see it? I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's like the... uh, the younger son that had got his inheritance and went and wasted it. And it says that when he came to himself. You know what that means. Yeah. 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 Now you do it. Do it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I did it harder. Is my face red there Yeah. I'll have to do it on the side to balance it. Okay. When he finally came to himself, that means he stopped blaming everyone else for his problems. Yeah. Yeah. Stopped blaming the pastor for not having enough faith or not being anointed enough. Blame everyone else. When we we read the New Covenant, we find out that I individually am responsible for my own life, my own walk with God, my own love walk with other people, and I'm responsible to develop my faith in that relationship. And when he came to himself. Now, in verse 23, here's Jesus still talking. So he's teaching them how to have the God kind of faith. And we're going to see in the next two verses that you can have faith and release that faith in your life through words or in prayer. Okay? Are you ready? He says, for verily, I'm going to read it fast. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, everyone say mountain, Okay, don't get hung up on a mountain. Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what? Believe. But shall believe, what? That those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever things he saith. How many believe that you have what you say? Mm-hmm. But notice that, that you have to believe that your words... come to pass. You have to believe that your words come to pass. Do you believe that your words come to pass? If we believe that our words come to pass, we'd be much nicer people If we really believe that our words come to pass, when we're driving down the interstate, should I pick on Illinois or should I pick on somebody else? I pick on Michigan. I mean, easy. We are related by the steering wheel. We are. But what if things came to pass instantly that we said... We have cars exploding around us. Yeah, we'd be... Uh, boom. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? But do you believe your, your word's come to pass? Can I ask you something else? When you give your word, do you keep it? Do you keep your word when you give your word. Now my dad who moved to heaven in December at 94, he always kept his word. I led him to the Lord a number of years ago. But even when we're all sinners, he kept his word. If he said he was going to go play catch with me or go to a ball game or anything like that, if he said it, I never asked him again for it because I knew if my dad said it, it was so. Including, I'm going to spank you. Hello. Back when, you know, spanking was an issue. Yep. But he would keep his word. So when I got saved, it was so much easier for me to believe that God would keep his word if my dad could keep his word. If you tell your kids you're going to take them for ice cream and they say, well, I'm going to have to do it another time. Do you really believe that your words come to pass? Don't get quiet I me. Mean, who's got the amen button around here? I'm just saying we don't always know enough about faith and how important it is and what it entails. Our integrity has a lot to do with us receiving things for ourselves by faith. If you're a liar, good luck. Hallelujah! Glad I came to church today. Oh, I'm not to my point yet. I'm not to my message yet. Okay? So anyway, in order to move mountains, you know, it doesn't say to pray to the mountain. It doesn't say think about mountains. It doesn't say study about mountains or how they even got into your life. It doesn't say worry about the mountain. You know what it says? You speak to it. You might have a mountain of financial difficulty. Speak to it. You may have a mountain of physical pain or mental torment. Speak to it. That's the mountain you're facing. Amen? Because you have to believe. Now, that's one way to release your faith. Amen? But that's not where I'm going. All right? Jesus said, if you believe you can have what you say, things are going to happen. Verse 24 now, this is where I'm going. Therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore, therefore. you ever wonder why therefore is therefore? <laughs> Jesus is saying, he says, therefore, or based on what I just said to you. I just told you that you can have what you say. Therefore, I am saying to you. Now he's talking about prayer. Are you ready? Everything else was warm-up. What things? Do you have the Oklahoma translation up there? Things. <laughs> what things? Soever so you desire, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. This pretty much is the prayer of faith. So you know this real well. Have you got it down? Do you have it down? Let me break it down for you. How many are taking notes? How many remember the old days when people actually took notes? Yeah, are you ready? Write down one, two, three, four. Okay. One, two, three, four. Just write those things down. And then after the first one, are you ready? Write down this word, ye. Everyone say that. Ye. ye. Write it down. Y-E. You got it? That's point number one. Point number two. Ye. You'll see where I'm going in a second with that. Have you got it? Point number one is ye. Point number two is ye. On the other hand, point number three is ye. Any guesses on point number four? Ye. You say, that doesn't help me at all. Yes, it does. Let's read the verse. The word ye is there four times. It says, what things soever ye desire. Who does the desiring? Ye, you said ye. You're right, ye. You do the desiring. It says, when ye pray, who does the praying? Believe that ye receive them. Who does the receiving? And ye shall. Have you got it down? It'll be on the test, I guarantee you. Maybe not the one here. But if you don't know how to pray the prayer of faith, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go to pray for someone. And because you don't know what this verse means, they might not receive. If I'm ever in a situation where I can't pray. Okay? I can't pray for myself. I'm just out of it. If I'm in a situation, I don't want someone coming in and saying, Oh, God. Brother B.B. doesn't deserve anything. We're all so unworthy to receive anything. Oh, God, if you're in the mood, touch his body. I'd come out of a coma and say, is there anybody else out there that knows how to pray? <laughs> People think it's hard to have the power of God show up when you're praying for somebody. Uh, you know Gary Crowell, don't you? Longtime friend of mine. He came and visited me spoke at our church. I got a phone call from somebody that didn't even attend our church on a regular basis, but they called. Um, That's what you call a fill-in pastor. And uh, you'll get it later. uh, I said, of course we'll go. And it wasn't... This family had a relative that had a daughter born with a deformed heart, a tumor—I mean, it was rough. I mean, it was a—and um, they couldn't do surgery on this baby because of a lot of things. And so they said, "We know you live near Grand Rapids. Would you go and pray for her?" I said, "Yes, I'll go." And I told Gary, "I said no. I said I have to. I'm going to go pray for this uh, this baby." And he goes, uh, "I'm going with you." We've traveled the world together, Gary and I have. I don't know how many countries we've been to. And so uh, we went down to the hospital, got there, and we found out where the baby was. We went there, and the nurse says, are you family? No. Who are you? Well, I'm a pastor, and I was asked. They said, well, this little girl's family is nowhere around. We don't know where they're at right now. And they weren't there. So, we said, well, we'll just wait. They said, if you don't have their permission to come in, you can't go near that baby. Okay. We waited for an hour. Went and talked to that nurse again. And she goes, well, they're, they're just not here and I don't know. I said, that's all right. That's all right. And so we went. Gary and I started talking. They said, uh, let's pray over a cloth. And leave a cloth. I said, I said, I don't have a cloth on me. He says I don't either. I said, well, let's, uh, let's go down to the gift shop. They've got to have something down there. We get in the elevator, big hospital, get in this elevator, and there's, um, there's six other people in that elevator. We kind of get in there. They're all dressed up. There were three men, three women. Actually, they are all dressed just about the same. Okay? And... Um, they said, where are you going? I said, we're going down to the bottom floor of the, the gift shop. And uh, I said, we're, we're going to go find get a, a stuffed toy or something for that, that baby, for a, a child. They said, no, you don't have to go down there. We've got one for you. And one of them opened up their, their briefcase and pulled out an Aflac duck. They were all from Aflac. So we got off of the next floor. This duck was cool, by the way. It's just a little tiny thing, but if you squeeze it, it did the Aflac duck laugh. You know. So Gary and I laid hands on it, we told the nurse. I said, uh, "If you could put that in with the baby this's been a few years ago now um, or at least tell the family, you know that we were here, sir. That baby never had to have surgery. Her heart turned around, perfect heart. Brain problems all went away. And we didn't even get our hands on that baby. God wants us well. God wants healing to be an important part of the preaching of the gospel wherever we go. In fact, in Hebrews, it's one of the foundational teachings for you and I, it's called laying hands upon. Another place it says they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall what? Did you know it doesn't say anything about praying there? We just need to get our believing hands on people. Amen? So what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, I'm going to break it down. How's my time doing? Oh, it's two in the afternoon already. <laughs> Who does the desiring? I do. It says, what things soever you desire? Things, or things or, uh-huh. Now, this doesn't mean that you can go and claim somebody as your husband or wife. But things. And if you want to know what you can claim, read Hebrews 11 and Deuteronomy chapter 28, and you'll find out that through inheritance, all spiritual blessings, all healing power, and all financial blessings belong to Jesus when he died. And when he died and rose again, those things, because they belonged to Jesus, those things fell into the church by what? Inheritance, which means you cannot earn your inheritance. You can only receive it by faith. Pretty simple, is that right? So what things soever you desire. But brother Bibi, what if I don't desire the right things? Can I ask you something? What on earth would you desire that's not good for you? What what would you desire? That's not good for you. What is it? Psalm. What is the other verse? Like? Psalm thirty-seven, four. Is that it? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He show up. He'll give thee the desires of your heart. Pretty simple teaching, isn't it? Delight yourself in the Lord, in his word, and he will give thee twofold meanings to he will give thee. Number one, he will put a desire in your heart, and number two, he will satisfy that desire. Have you ever thought about healing for your physical body? as being a desire that God has already placed in your heart? Wouldn't it be easier? Oh, I just want it for myself. Oh, really? Do you think the devil gave you that desire to be healed? No, no. Amen. I can tell you story after story after story after story after story after story. Blind eyes opening up. Amazing thing. We had a lady come to our church who was, uh, uh, she had no use of her legs, her arms. Um, She was a mess. When she came to our church, she was just about 50 years old. Never educated, because back in those days, this was our first church, back in those days, they figure if somebody was a paraplegic, she was born that way, then she probably is mentally unstable. I'm here to tell you, now she's in heaven now, but I'm here to tell you, she is still... The most joyful Christian I've ever met. She's number one. No one else I've ever met has come close. She came to our church, somebody brought her in a wheelchair. She got saved. I'm telling you what, the lights went on. She got filled with the Holy Ghost. Ah, it was crazy. She was in a medical care facility, and I'd go out and visit her often. I'd tell my wife "I'm going to go out and cheer up Betty." My wife would laugh and she goes, "Yeah, right. I'd go out there to get cheered up." Great sense of humor, but she had a joy that was so deep, and it' just come out like a fountain. I'd get there, and she goes, uh, as soon as I walked in, she had to tell everybody in the facility I was her pastor, and she says. You're pushing. And we had to go visit every room. Every room. And she wanted me to tell them about Jesus. Okay. And one day, um, I was visiting her, and she was sad, and I'm going, what's wrong? She said, my eye hurts. Well, what I found out, that she was already blind in one eye. And the other eye that was crossed over her nose, she looked at you like this all the time. She didn't have any teeth. When she'd give me a kiss, I mean, it was anointed. I just felt so bad for her. Found out later on she was already blind in one eye. She had complained about it. She had an eye disease. It took all the sight in one eye. Totally blind. In her other eye, she was almost blind. I go, what else can happen to a person? And all I knew, based on what I'm teaching you, I I just said, Betty, and I kind of reached over the table and took her hand. I said, Betty, in the name of Jesus, I declare your healing. And Father, I thank you. And then she screamed. I wasn't ready for the screaming part. She screamed. I jumped. And God had given her two brand new eyes. Perfect sight. And then they wouldn't let me come to the medical care facility anymore and wouldn't let her come to church. Until a year later, when the, finally the eye doctor it looked, at, you know, checked her out, and they go back. He. He says, uh, "He says I, I'm not a believer in God or anything." He says, "But now I, I'm forced to believe something." And uh, and Betty then preached the gospel to him. Never mentioned my name. She kept saying, "Jesus did it." Years later, twenty five years later, when we went back to the twenty fifth anniversary of our first church we pioneered. And there was still 12 or, um, yeah, there was 12 of the original 15 people there. And so uh, it was nice seeing some of the folks. And they said, have you seen Betty yet? I said, no, I didn't see her wheelchair. Where's she at? And they looked at me like I fell out of a tree. Well, she's just right back behind you in her chair. I'd walked right by her. Twenty five years of hearing the word preached. Her legs straightened out perfectly, and both arms did. I went back there, she was standing up. God is our miracle worker. Yeah, but we have to work up something. No, yeah. Find out what He's already done. What things soever ye desire. When you pray, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray. Now, what time is it right now? Let's say we pray right at the moment. What time is it? What, what time is it right now? When you pray, what time will that be? It'll be now, but what time will that be? Taught this in class one year, and at the end I said, now... To the students, I said, uh, Are you going to remember when we prayed? They started laughing. I couldn't figure out what they were laughing about. And then somebody came up afterwards. I said, When you prayed for us, it was 11 minutes after 11. And the date is 11 11. We'll never forget it. Okay? When you pray is important. Everyone say, when you, when, you when, you "When you pray, when you pray, when you pray." So it's important to understand the time you prayed because in God's mind, that's when it's done. Yeah, brother Bibi, you prayed for me two weeks ago, and it didn't. I don't feel any different. Okay, when. Did you pray? Okay. It says when you pray, what? What's the next word? What? I came all this way to teach you on this one thing right here. Here it is. Are you ready? Where's my pink elephant? Do you have that ready? Is that a pink elephant? When my son was born 36 years ago, he's a miracle baby. Somebody in our church, I know who it was, bought him a pink elephant. And the nurses thought that was cute, so every time I'd be in there with him, there's a pink elephant in there. I took that out and put an NFL football in there on a kicking tee. <laughs> Ask my wife. I did that. So there's this thing between me and the nurse. Okay. Oh, don't put that dirty thing. I said, it's brand new out of the box. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who in their right mind would get my son a pink elephant? Other than when you turned the little music thing on the side, it, said, it, it played Jesus Loves Me This sign out. Okay, I'm going to teach you what it means to believe. And so uh, eventually that pink elephant disappeared. It's a mystery to almost everyone what happened to it. But uh, I was an assistant pastor at that time, and that the pastor asked me to teach faith, the subject of faith, on Wednesday nights for a while. And it just wasn't clicking. And then all of a sudden, my son was a couple of months older this time, all of a sudden, in my prayer time, I saw that pink elephant. It wasn't a small one. It was like, yeah. I saw that and I go, that's what I need. So that Wednesday night, I put it in a paper bag and put it under the front seat. <clears throat> and when I said to the people, many of which I had led to the Lord, they'd known me for a number of years. I said, I'm going to ask you to believe something that I say. I'm going to tell you something, and all I'm asking you is to believe it. And it was just quiet like this. I said, there's a pink elephant in this room. And they go. I said, no, there's a pink elephant in this room. How many will believe that there is a pink elephant in this room? Not a single hand went up. I know there's one up there. That I'm, you're cheating. <laughs> I said, no. No. As an ordained minister of the gospel of Christ, I am telling you, I'm giving you my word, I'm serious, I'm not kidding, and the more I said that, the more they'd laugh, and it was nervous laughter because I wasn't going to let off it. <laughs> finally, there was a lady, there was a lady back and said, uh, finally, she goes, Brother BB, I'll believe you, out of pure pity. Because I'm getting more and more serious, and they're getting more and more nervous. I said, no, I'm I'm not kidding. I am telling you that there is a pink elephant in this room. How many will believe me? And her little hand kept going up and down like this. And when I knew they couldn't take any more, I went over, pulled out the bag, took the pink elephant out, and held it up. They roared. You would have thought there was 500 people in that room. They were roaring and roar. I mean, they were just having a good old time. You know. There's this pink, I turned the thing on, put the mic to it, the, you know, Jesus loved me. They just loved it. And I held that thing up and I said, Now, how many of you now believe that there is a pink elephant in this room? You know how many hands went up? And you know what I told him? No, you don't. The only time you could have believed me was before you saw it and believed only my word to you. You say you believe it because you can what? See it, you can hear it. The word believe means to hold something as truth regardless of what you can see or touch or anything else. That's what it means to believe. How many believe that there's a throne in heaven? Come on, how many believe it? Have you been there? How many believe that there's angels around the throne? How many believe there's angels in here? Because he's enthroned in our hearts, too. See, we believe a lot of things. For years, how many Cubs fans? I'm a Detroit Lion fan. I believe. Sure isn't based on any knowledge. Are you listening to me? So, to, be, to believe something means you take God's word as truth, regardless of what you can see or feel. What things soever you desire, when you pray, whatever time that is, when you pray, what? Believe what? Believe what? Believe that you receive them. And ye shall have them. This isn't breaking new ground here, is it? Yeah. You've heard this before. To believe means to hold something as true, Regardless of what you can see or feel. But Jesus is saying in this prayer of faith, you have to believe something. You have to believe that that desire that you have is a God desire. You have to believe that when you pray, you receive them. Is that right? What things, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Okay? Pretty simple stuff, isn't it? Have you got it? Have you got it? Have you got it? Has there been anything from the Scripture that you've ever heard that's like a pink elephant to your mind? You go, that can't be true. What do you mean the confession of faith? I can have what I say. I'm not going to lie. It's not based on lying. You're based on speaking what you what? Believe. Not speaking necessarily what you see. Or feel. Okay, based on these four points, are you ready? Because now here's the test. Pretty sharp church here, right? Four points. Who does the desiring? Who does the praying? Yeah. Mm hmm. Who does the receiving? You're all saying I'm the one. <laughs> Number four is what? And ye shall have them. Is that right? Have you got it? Okay, here's the test. Have you got this sound? Based on that verse that Jesus taught us about the prayer of faith, I'm going to go to the last part and ye shall receive them. Here's the question. Based on that verse, what is it that you're going to receive? Who said it? Say it out loud. What you desire. Good answer, but wrong. What you say. Good answer, but wrong. What you believe. Good answer, but wrong. I'm telling you, we go over verses and we don't really read them. I've been there. I've done it. What you say is a good answer, but that's in the speaking part. You can say to a mountain. But based on this part of the prayer of faith, what is it that you're going to have? Come on, church. Are you ready? I'll give you an answer because you're getting nervous in here. The only thing that you're going to receive from God, are you ready? Is what you believed, you received, when you prayed. Do I need to go over that again? The only thing that you're going to have manifest is what you believed, you received. So stop begging God over and over for something that you've already prayed about. We should be doing the prayer of thanksgiving that it's already done. Do you see that? Yeah, but I don't feel any different. It's not based on what we feel. It's based on what you believed, you received, when? When you you prayed. Now, that could be two weeks ago. That could be two months ago. It could be two years ago. But all that time, you don't have to worry about it. All you have to do is say, thank God it's mine. Thank God it's mine. Thank God it's mine. I have two children, two children, and my wife's not supposed to be able to have kids. took a creative miracle for her to be able to have children. We didn't know about it. All we did is we prayed and we thanked God it was done. took 12 years. 12 years. The prayer of faith. You have to believe you received it when you pray. That's why I lay hands on somebody. I don't look at them to see whether they're healed or not. Or whether I feel like they're healed or not. Are you listening to me? Because I believe that when we pray, it's done at that time. How many learned something this morning? Mm -hmm. I've studied for years and missed things, just missed them because I didn't look at them. The only thing that we're going to have according to the prayer of faith. And now that you have that, you're the kind of person that I want praying over me. You want to know why? Because you believe that God heard you when you prayed. And that it was the will of God that you prayed for that item or that person. And you believe that the moment you prayed, it was done. It was done. Now, if you want to ask me why things take long, you talk to God about that. I, I don't know those answers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's not for me. Hallelujah. So I want to pray for people this morning. But only if you're convinced what the will of God is for you. Hello? And only if you believe, you receive when we pray. Are you with me? Amen. How many are making some adjustments right now? you making some adjustments right now, and you go, wait a minute, I prayed. i got to believe I received it when I pray. Uh, how many are making a, an adjustment right now? I know I had to. Amen. Let's stand up. I've gone long enough probably. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm believing that this will be an encounter this morning between you and God. I don't have to get it in between. This is a God thing, and it's between you and Him. Your faith is not in me. Some people have more faith in the anointing of the minister. Our faith needs to be in our God. Amen? Our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many would require prayer for healing today, based on what I taught? There's a hand back there. Is there anybody else? Okay. There's just a few. Sorry if I lay hands on you? I'm going to, if you let me. Yeah? These signs shall follow them that what, believe. them that believe. Yep. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall they shall recover. I just believe it. Amen. I taught on the laying on of hands in my last church, and that Sunday, that Sunday, one of our uh, our deacons had a stroke, and. Um, he was rough. They had to resus- they had to bring him back, I think three times before I could get to him. He was in rough shape. So I go in there and the family. They go, You're going to lay hands on him, right? I said, I said, I'm going to go in there. The family goes in there and said, Brother Pastor Beebe, you're going to lay hands on him. I said, no. I laid hands on him this morning when he wasn't feeling good in church. I'm just here to give thanksgiving to God that it's already done. His whole side was paralyzed. I mean, he he was in rough shape. His heart had given out on him a few times. I mean, he was in rough shape. And everyone was stunned in there, including the doctors and the nurses, they kinda of looked at me like I said, No. See, whatever I do after I operate in faith, anything I do after that to try to get God to do something is unbelief. I said, I'm just here to thank God that it's already done. I believe his healing power the healing power of God's in him. And the family was a little upset with me. They told me later on. But they weren't. Two days later when I went, got back down there. Because I went to find him in his room. He was not in his room. I said, where's he at? They go, oh, he's out there someplace. You know where he was? Walking the hall. They never did find out what was wrong with him. They said it's a stroke, but we have no, absolutely no evidence now that he had a stroke. That's just one man. We had another man, same thing happen. I'd happened to lay hands on him that, And within a, a week after that, his uh, anyway, he lost a, quite a large portion of his heart working to the point that they couldn't do anything with him. They said he's, he just We're waiting on him to die. I told his wife, I said, well, we got the answer, don't we? She goes, yeah, we prayed for it. We got it. He's healed. And to this day, his heart's perfectly normal. This works, folks. Why? Because it's red letter. Because Jesus told us, taught us how to have faith. So, when we pray, pray in just a moment, uh, those that need prayer for healing, would you come on up? I should have told you to come on up while I was talking. Amen. The rest of you that are making adjustments in your heart, amen. All I'm going to do is I'm going to put my hand on their heads. Amen. It's an encounter between you and God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Everyone else pray with us? Agree with us? I'm going to have to perch on one of those steps, aren't I? Praise the Lord. Amen. Who's the healer? Amen. Amen. It's already done, folks. We're just going to say, now I've got it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Right there. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. In the name of Jesus, is yours. Healing is yours in the name of Jesus. In the name. In the name. In name In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. When you pray in the name of Jesus, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. In the name, in the name. It's yours, healing is yours. Healed in the name. Healed in the name. Healed in the name of Jesus. Healed in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Healing is yours in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, faith says it's mine right now. So this is what faith looks like right now. Is that right? Right? Thank God it's mine. Thank God I'm healed now. Amen? Say, well, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Do you believe you received when you prayed? Now I'm going to ask you something. How would you act if it was instantly manifested? We are so, we have this tunnel vision that we have to see or feel something. And we've elevated feelings above the word. Listen, the feelings are come. The feelings are come. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. People will say, well, how did you act when you found out your wife was pregnant? I said, well, probably the same way that I've been doing for 12 years. Because we've been rejoicing that children were ours in the name of Jesus. We We were believing that. Amen? They said, did you act goofy? I always act goofy. That's not a sign or anything. Amen. Amen. See, Jesus is Lord. Yes. That means He's the boss. He's the one that's the most important one right now. And what did He say? When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. When you pray, believe. I'm convinced that this is a lot easier than what we've been making it. Because people in their minds think, well, if somebody doesn't fall down under the power, they didn't get anything. What's that all about? I'd be pushing people down. I'm just tempted. It's based on belief. I can tell you story after story after story those that grab it by faith, when they're prayed for, it's going to show up. What is it you're going to have? What I believed. Did anybody check the time when we prayed? Yeah. Those so people, what do I do in the meantime? If people ask me, you know, did you receive your healing? How do you feel? Did you receive your healing? You know what you can say to them? You know what you can say to them? I'll tell you what I feel like if you want. But let me tell you what I believe. It's entirely two different things.
0: You know,
1: brother, how do you feel? I'm just, I'm not feeling really good. Don't jump on them.
0: Because
1: what they believe is the most important thing. Not what your neighbor sees. Amen. Amen. And I believe a lot of gossip would be gone away with if we would stop acting on what we see and basing judgment on things that are unscriptural. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody here that's never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Is there anybody? Soul winning is easy, by the way. You want to know why I say that? Because I can have what I say. Soul winning is easy. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross for our sin. Amen. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? He went there, so I don't have to? But the most important thing wasn't that he died physically. Or that he was crucified, because a lot of people were crucified and died physically. But he went to hell on our behalf. Yeah, he went to hell on our behalf, so you and I don't have to. And now the most important part of our Christian faith is that he rose from the dead. It's not just that he died for us, but he rose again from the grave, and we're in him now. And every victory that he wrought belongs to us. Amen? So if you're here today and have never had that miracle of the new birth, put your hand up right now and say, Pastor or brother, would you pray for me? I want to receive the Lord today. Is there anybody at all? Pam, are you all right with God? I'm good. Okay. (laughs) You've never picked on me, have you? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, all right. All right, so everyone's born again? The Lord. Everyone's healed? Yes. Thank you so much for having me today. God bless you.
0: Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.